booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. There are a lot of places inside of the city where you don't see Kathy Hochul. Congressman Lee Zeldin's chances of becoming the state's first Republican governor since 2006 have increased greatly. President Joe Biden pledges to codify abortion protections in 2023. Amazon workers soundly reject unionization in upstate New York. The Biden administration launches the application process for student loan forgiveness ahead of the midterms as Democrats try to drum up votes. The New York Yankees in Houston to face the Astros in Game 1 of the ALCS after downing the Cleveland Guardians in Game 5 of the ALDS. Well, a big surge for Congressman Lee Zeldin in the race for governor here in New York as New York's Governor Kathy Hochul's support is dwindling. Incumbent New York Governor Hochul's lead over Republican challenger Representative Lee Zeldin is down to just four points. Now, that's according to the latest Quinnipiac University poll. This poll finds that 50% support from likely voters for Hochul and 46% for Zeldin. For the second consecutive day, Zeldin stood right in front of a subway station in New York City where a person was attacked as he outlined his plan to fight crime as governor. There are a lot of places inside of the city where you don't see Kathy Hochul, where you wouldn't see her. She, she'll fly over it, she'll drive past it, she'll ride around it. Hochul has responded to that. He wants to make our subway safer by making sure that everybody sitting on a subway has a loaded weapon. I don't think so. Hochul's lead has been dropping constantly in recent weeks from being up 17 points three weeks ago down to just 11 points last week and now up by only four points. Zeldin is also attempting to appeal to voters in the downstate suburbs where both the Quinnipiac and Siena polls found that he had made inroads. Promises from President Joe Biden with, with less than three weeks to go to Election Day. Midterms, of course, November 8th. And in a speech at a Democratic National Committee event in Washington, Biden pledged to sign a bill codifying abortion rights if if Democrats win back majority control of Congress in the midterms. He said he would sign the bill into law around the anniversary of the original Roe ruling in late January following the U.S. Supreme Court's overturning of Roe v. Wade, the landmark 1972 decision legalizing abortion. Right now, we're short a handful of votes. If you care about the right to choose, then you got to vote. That's why in these midterm elections are so critical, elect more Democratic senators to the United States Senate and more Democrats to keep control of the House of Representatives. If we do that, here's the promise I make to you and the American people. The first bill that I will send to the Congress will be to codify Roe v. Wade. In an effort to secure even more votes, the Biden administration is expected to announce today it will release 15 million barrels of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Amazon workers in upstate New York overwhelmingly rejected an effort at unionization. It's the second defeat to the Amazon labor group that's been attempting to bring the company to the negotiating table since its historic win on Staten Island earlier this year. Of 612 ballots counted, warehouse workers in upstate Skodak cast 406 no votes or about 66 percent rejecting unionization. 
According to the National Labor Relations Board, 206 workers, or 33.6%, voted in favor of joining the union. Here's lead organizer Heather Goodall. If we had not been subjected to uh, several violations of the law, violations of our rights, uh, the outcome would have been different. So we're going to go ahead and remain strong. We'll get our day in court. The agency said that 949 employees were actually eligible to vote and the 31 additional ballots that were challenged by either Amazon or the union were not enough to sway the outcome. Well, President Joe Biden's student loan forgiveness plan announced in August will cancel up to $20,000 in debt per borrower. The application process is now open, and the administration says the forms should take about five minutes to complete. Borrowers who apply before mid-November should see forgiveness before January 1st when payments on loans are scheduled to restart following a pause during the viral pandemic. Here is President Biden. In total, more than 40 million Americans can stand to benefit from this relief. And about 90 percent, 90 percent of that relief is going to go to people making less than $75,000 a year. Let me be clear. Not a dime will go to those in the top 5 percent of the income bracket, period. The Congressional Budget Office in a report said Biden's student loan forgiveness plan will cost taxpayers $400 billion over 30 years. Well, the New York Yankees in Houston to face the Astros for game one of the ALCS. The Bombers captured the ALDS last night in the Bronx behind a stellar performance by pitcher Nestor Cortez. Nasty Nestor on short rest and homers from John Carlos Stanton and Aaron Judge. Anthony Rizzo had an RBI single in the fifth inning, beating the Cleveland Guardians 5-1. to Here's WFN's John Sterling. Hit on the ground is short. Go to second, force in time. Game over. American League Division Series over. Yankees win. The Yankees win. In the National League, the San Diego Padres and the Philadelphia Phillies will start their NLCS matchup Tuesday night. The Speaker of the House is not backing down after she said Nancy Pelosi wanted to punch former President Donald Trump as Last year's Capitol riot was unfolding. 77 WABC's Frank Diaz has a story. Footage CNN obtained from January 6, 2021 showed Nancy Pelosi saying, quote, I want to punch him out. This is my moment. I've been waiting for this. Asked about it, the California Democrat said Trump coming to Capitol Hill was all talk. She added that he didn't have the courage to do so. I don't even like to talk about him because it's really a tragedy for our country. That I would have punched him out, I would have gone to jail, and I would have been happy. Pelosi said she was only speaking her mind about possibly punching the former president as last year's Capitol attack was unfolding. For 77 WABC News, I'm Frank Diaz. Special counsel John Durham's probe into the origins of the FBI's Trump-Russia investigation suffered yet another high-profile blow yesterday. After nine hours of deliberations, federal jury acquitted Russian policy researcher Igor Danchenko of four felony false statement charges. They were brought as part of Durham's probe of misinformation that triggered the FBI probe of former President Donald Trump's 2016 campaign. Durham's defeat at the Danchenko trial, which came less than five months after a similar acquittal in yet another case brought by the special prosecutor, 
represents an unmistakable defeat. Former senior advisor to the Trump administration, Dr. Sebastian Gorka, was on Newsmax talking about the case back in September. The fact that John Durham hasn't focused his investigations on the FBI, but on people like Danchenko and minor lawyers and stuff like that, it tells you he doesn't want to get to the bottom of the truth either, Sean. And however, Durham and his aides use the forum of the recent trials to air evidence of what they suggested was a failure by FBI personnel to pursue leads as they probed the sourcing of the Steele dossier, a compendium of allegations from former British intelligence officer Christopher Steele assembled about links between Trump and Russia. Danchenko was Steele's key source when compiling that dossier. As we mentioned earlier, the White House plans to tap the nation's strategic petroleum reserve. It's an effort to drive down gas prices ahead of the midterm elections. More details from 77 WABC's Alex Barnard. The U.S. is going to release 15 million barrels of oil from its strategic reserve. The Biden administration is set to announce the plan on Wednesday. Teasing the announcement, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said the plan would help lower gas prices. Gas prices have fallen by $1.15 from their peak. Uh, which was not too long ago. The barrels are the final group of the 180 million announced in March. For 77 WABC News, I'm Alex Barnard. The last man seen with Kristen Smart was convicted yesterday of killing the college freshman who vanished from a California campus 26 years ago now. Jurors unanimously found Paul Flores guilty of first-degree murder. During a separate trial, found his father, Ruben Flores, not guilty of charges of being an accessory to murder after the fact for allegedly helping to conceal his son's crime. Smart's father, Stan, spoke following the verdict. Without Kristen, there is no joy or happiness in this verdict. After 26 years with today's split verdicts, we learned that our quest for justice for Kristen will continue. Smart disappeared from California Polytechnic State University over Memorial Day weekend in 1996. Her remains have never been found. Prosecutors, though, maintain the younger florist, now 45 years old, killed the 19-year-old during an attempted rape on May 25, 1996, inside of his dorm room at Cali Poly following an off-campus party. The White House is pressuring El Paso, Texas officials not to declare a state of emergency, which has been done here in New York, in the face of mass illegal immigration. Democratic Mayor Oscar Lesser allegedly told a member of the El Paso City Council in a private conversation that the White House has urged him not to declare this state of emergency. And at least three of the eight El Paso City Council members are pressuring the mayor to make that declaration. Florida Representative Maria Salazar spoke about the situation on Newsmax. Look, the concern is that we have a major, major mess at the border, not only among my peers in Congress, but among the Hispanic community, the largest minority in the country. This week, the Biden administration, which has faced enormous political pressure over the nearly two-year crisis, announced a combined border operation with Mexico. And that operation involves increased checkpoints and more resources to handle the migrant surge. Australia's reversed a previous government's recognition of West Jerusalem as Israel's capital. The foreign minister announced Tuesday the centrist left Labor Party government cabinet agreed to again recognize Tel Aviv as the capital and reaffirm that Jerusalem's status must be resolved during peace negotiations between 
Israel and the Palestinians, Foreign Minister Penny Wong said. Wong said Australia remained committed to a two-party solution to the conflict between the Israelis as well as the Palestinians. 77 WABC News Time 515. Time for a look at sports. An exciting look with Justin Ellick. Well, thank you, Deb. Let me just get my bearings here as I just uh, arrived from Yankee Stadium last night. The pandemonium got the best of me, I will tell you. And it was pandemonium in the Bronx last night as the Yankees clinched their spot in this year's ALCS with a 5-1 win over the Cleveland Guardians in last night's decisive Game 5. Nestor Cortez gave New York everything he had and more on short rest, going five strong on the hill, allowing just one earned run on three hits throughout. Aaron Judge put his stamp of approval on the win with a solo shot in the second, but it was Giancarlo Stanton who got the merry-go-round started in the first with two on and one out. A drive to right center field. Back near the wall and gone. So much power in that direction for Giancarlo Stanton. He had 31 during the season. This is his second of this series. And the Yankees jump on Savali in the first and take a 3 nothing lead. That call courtesy of TBS, and that was all the Yankees would need to punch their ticket to the LCS against the dreaded Astros, set to begin tonight in Houston at 6.07 p.m. Eastern Time. Quick turnaround for the Yanks, and they'll put their trust in Jameson Tyone to try and outduel Houston ace Justin Verlander in the series opener tonight. Here is manager Aaron Boone following the series victory and what's to come for the Yanks in Houston. You know, like our season, this division series was, was, was filled with ups, downs, adversity, and these guys persevered, and we know we're going to play a great team obviously in Houston waiting for us but uh, we'll enjoy this for a minute hop on that plane and get ready to to, to go try and take down a big uh, a great team and over to the S now with the Devils and Islanders both grabbed wins yesterday the Devs hosted the Anaheim Ducks at home and locked up a 4-2 victory after defenseman Dougie Hamilton broke a tie about a half minute into the third frame Mackenzie Blackwood gobbled up 18 saves in net as well and route to uh, New Jersey's second win of the young season. As for the Islanders, they bested the San Jose Sharks at home by a score of 5-2, thanks to a pair of goals from Oliver Wallstrom. Anders Lee, Zach Parise, and Cal Clutterbuck also lit the lamp for the Isles, and tender Semyon Varlamov held the lead with 21 saves between the pipes. The Islanders and Devils will meet each other tomorrow night in their first head-to-head matchup of the year. Puck drop is set for 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time in Elmont. As for the Rangers, they were off last night and will remain idle until tomorrow night when they welcome the San Jose Sharks into the Garden at 7 p.m. Eastern. And clear the hardwood. Knicks and Nets get their 2022 campaigns underway tonight, and that's will host the New Orleans Pelicans at 7.30, and Knicks begin their season out in Memphis against the Grizzlies. For more sports content, follow 77 WABC Sports on Instagram and Twitter. And here, for the early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. I'm surprised you have any voice left after I, being I at really Yankee Stadium last I, I can hear myself. I sound terrible. And no sleep, right? Yeah, I... I, I vehemently apologize to the uh, listening audience. Oh, you sound you sound <laughs> fine. All right, let's head over to <laughs> Lou Dobbs with your financial report. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. I'm Lou Dobbs. Big earnings carrying Wall Street so far this week. Tesla forecast to beat revenue targets. Twitter stock climbing ahead of Elon Musk deal. Stocks riding a modest two-day win streak as earnings season continues. More positive third quarter reports boosting the market for a second straight day yesterday. Investors expecting big third quarter earnings from Tesla. Wall Street targeting a 62% increase in quarterly revenue year over year. Tesla reports after the closing bell. More key housing market data coming today. 
Friday, Wall Street forecasting a decline in housing starts last month. This after an unexpected increase in new home construction starts in August. New construction permits also expected to have declined last month. Twitter has frozen employees' stock accounts this week. The move comes just days ahead of the deadline for Twitter and Elon Musk to close their $44 billion deal. Twitter stock up more than 24% over the past month. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. All right, looking at this morning's futures, the Dow up three points at 30,579. The S&P up five and a quarter points. The Nasdaq up 40 and a half. Gold down $9.80 an ounce. And crude oil up 63 cents a barrel at $83.45. The WABC Early News. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. News time 521. Well, New Jersey is filing charges against five major gas and oil companies for allegedly lying about the existence of climate change. Here's 77 WABC's Bob Brown. The suit filed in New Jersey Superior Court brought against ExxonMobil, Shell Oil, Chevron, BP, ConocoPhillips, and their trade group, American Petroleum Institute. Here's State Attorney General Matthew Plotkin. I don't believe that corporations are innately evil. Corporations are comprised of people, and people are fundamentally good. But we all need accountability. Blatkin says for decades the defendants concealed and denied their knowledge of over-consuming fossil fuels leading to rising sea levels, flooding, and extreme weather. I'm Bob Brown for the 77 WABC Early Morning News. Well, the death of a New York City carriage horse has sparked renewed protests as activists call for outlawing horse-drawn carriages in the Big Apple. Once and for all, an industry in place for some 150 years now. A horse which collapsed in sweltering temperatures back in August at 45th and 9th Avenue named Ryder has been euthanized after being brought to a farm in upstate New York. And activists say they support a bill that's before the New York City Council that would actually replace the horse-drawn carriages with electric versions. Christina Hansen is a spokeswoman for the industry and a driver. She told ABC7 the horses are well protected and the business is regulated. Let the markets decide, you know, people are still taking carriage rides because it's the horse that makes this special, not some battery that's manufactured in China. Horses do, unfortunately, get sick, they get old, they pass away. The union that represents carriage owners says Rodder's death has inspired several new safety protocols, including equine first aid training for drivers. But activists insist the only real way to honor Ryder is to shut down the industry they believe killed him. Well, three pit bull dogs escaped a Staten Island home, biting a toddler and two others, leading to the homeowner's arrest. At least 15 other dogs were being kept inside of the home, and uh, it was at near uh, York and Prospect Avenues on Staten Island. A two-year-old toddler, a girl, a 13-year-old boy, and a 19-year-old woman suffered bites to their legs, and they were all treated at Staten Island University Hospital and expected to be okay. Witness Coralie Chandler spoke to NBC New York. I called 911, and she said, medical or fire? I said, I don't know. I said, but there's four pit bulls running loose out here. And they kept going up the hill and down the hill and across the street. Some guy went up on the top of a car to get away from it. And a heavy law enforcement presence was seen on that street after that. The NYPD led a person away in handcuffs, identified as the homeowner, and the status of those three dogs unknown at this time. 
A Long Island home out in the town of Brookhaven, out in Suffolk County, has been condemned. Its owner, Karen Keyes, was arrested after more than 300 animals and 100,000 roaches were allegedly found on her property. This discovery after the fire department from the town of Brookhaven responded when the alarm was tripped by a patient that the social worker was actually seeing inside of that residence. These animals included 118 rabbits, 150 birds, seven tortoises, three snakes, some 15 cats, among others, along with 100,000 roaches. Suffolk County Prosecutor Jed Painter spoke to NBC New York. The air is noxious. It's a deep scent of ammonia. You couldn't probably stand it more than a few seconds, and you probably shouldn't safely stand it for even that long. The animals are expected to to be okay, though. It has taken a number of ASPCA groups from all across the U.S. to respond. Keyes faces a misdemeanor animal cruelty charge. The town of Brookhaven ended up condemning that home back on October 7th. Four people were arrested after a man was stabbed inside the Staten Island Ferry Terminal in St. George Tuesday morning. According to the NYPD, this 19-year-old man was stabbed in his chest shortly before 9 a.m. According to police, he was taken to Richmond University Medical Center, where he was last listed in stable condition. One eyewitness spoke to Fox News about the incident. It wasn't really a good uh, experience. You know, people don't feel safe. It's not good for our business, too. You know, so it's, uh, I don't know where it's heading, but things are not as good as it used to be. Police arrested four people following the stabbing. The NYPD said it wasn't immediately clear just what charges they'd be facing. Police also have arrested a man with 10 prior arrests in connection with Saturday's push of a subway rider onto the tracks at the East 149th Street station. Police said that 35-year-old Miguel Ramirez was charged with attempted murder, assault, assault with intent to cause physical injury, causing injury through risk of death and reckless endangerment. His prior arrests include things like assault, criminal possession of a weapon, and criminal possession of a controlled dangerous substance. The victim is expected to be okay. Two new COVID-19 variants have now emerged over the last few weeks, stoking fresh concerns ahead of a potential winter surge. BQ1 and BQ1.1, both are descendants of Omicron, which has proven to be the most vaccine-elusive and infectious COVID variant to date. The CDC actually estimates that those two variants, the new ones, could account for up to 36.6% of New York City area cases, and that is nearly double the highest range estimate at the national level. Here's City Health Commissioner Dr. Ashwin Vassan. The current situation is good, but it's not permanent. The winning combination to maintain that advantage is frequent testing, staying home, and getting treatment if ill. Halloween tradition returning to New York City. Jacqueline Carl has a story. He did the monster man. It was a graveyard smash. New York City's annual iconic Halloween parade is back in less than two weeks. It'll be in Greenwich Village and feature hundreds of floats and puppets. For the first time, it'll be led by an all-woman brass band from Brooklyn called the Brass Queens. It starts at 7 p.m. on October 31st and will march along 6th Avenue from Canal Street to 15th Street. It's free to watch or join in in costume. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Jacqueline Carl. If you missed the top five, if I'm in other news, be sure to check it out on our website, wabcradio.com. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. 
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 